welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falconstein from Falcon Screen, and we are joined by freelance writer and critic Virat Nehru. Hello, hello. Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Good to be here. And director of the Sydney Film Festival, which kicks off this week, Nishen Moonley. Nishen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Lovely to be back on the show with you. And before we get to talk about the Sydney Film Festival, it's your 10th year as the director. Congratulations. It's a big milestone and a very big achievement. It's the 11th, actually. 11th, sorry, 11th, sorry. Oh, oh, oh thank you. It's even bigger. Great research is it, there. Is it the 10th in the regular slot? Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll go with we'll go with that. We'll yes, just radio listeners, let's edit that. Let's, let's edit that part out in your minds. So it is. It is a big year. It, it, we're back to a regular festival program. We're very, very excited. And this week, we are talking all about the Sydney Film Festival. It kicks off tonight and runs through around Sydney until next Sunday, the 19th. The Shen, firstly, we'd like to congratulate you on the program and the late editions that were just announced. But first, we'd like to ask, after three years, we're seeing a return of the festival with traditional format, traditional venues, the scale that we're used to. We're very excited. Can you tell us what it's like to return to the City Film Festival um, in this form and how you're feeling right now? Yeah, it's it's wonderful to to have international filmmakers back and filmmakers from all over the country back at the festival. I think that's that's a huge change from from what we've had in in recent years, and and I'm I'm truly excited about that. There'll of course be parties and events and talks. The hub returns after um, a, quite a bit of a break, so yeah, we're very excited. We're very happy to to be back in this place. Of course. The pandemic is not over, but uh, we make steps towards something approaching normality and uh, a, a festival experience closer to what we had pre-pandemic. I'm definitely excited that the Hub is back because I remember all three of us met at the first time at the Hub. So the show and our friendship is thanks to the Sydney Film Festival Hub. <laughs> uh, not that we're friends really in real life, but we pretend to be nice to each other when we see each other in person. Can you give uh, any hints about uh, what we'll find in the Hub this year? Um, well, there's, there, there'll be lots of parties at the Hub linked to films. Uh, all the talks will happen in the Hub. Virtually all the talks will happen in the Hub. Um, you know, there'll be drinks, there'll be food, there'll be trivia, uh, a bunch of things. So uh, we we hope that uh, people return to the Hub between screenings and hang out and uh, uh, have fun and talk about films. The past couple of years, the festival has run either online or in hybrid forms, and that's ex- potentially exposed the Sydney Film Festival to a whole new audience and demographics and new groups. Um, based on what you've seen this year and the types of films and ticket sales and else, do you think we'll be seeing any new audience, new audiences or who are the sorts of people who will be maybe engaging with the festival for the first time? Well, I hope so. I hope so. It's a bit too early to tell. It's a bit early to tell, but I, I do hope so. Um the festival over the last two years um, has had to do various online uh, iterations of the festival. And we did find that newer audiences were attending, not just the online iterations, but also in November, I think um, there were a lot of new ticket buyers. We're seeing that that they're generally younger buyers of tickets uh, and that's doing very well. So for instance, with our youth pass. Um, so we're, we're, quite, we're quite excited to welcome old friends and new to the festival in 2022. You generally see there is a general shift because we know there are patrons of Sydney Film Festival and there is the older demographic and people who book out the state theatre sessions generally, you know, as a package. Uh, But do you see that there are younger people that you mentioned? Because of that, there is a change in programming to cater to them or that you felt that this year 
there's been a specific focus in terms of what the films you picked? No, I think we always pick the best films we possibly can. I, I don't think that necessarily that you have to choose particular films for, for people who've been coming to the festival for 50 years uh, or people who are coming for the first time. I think if you choose the best possible films um, from around the world, then those films are equally attractive to both those demographics. Um, when, when we screen a film like Titan, yes, of course, there's going to be lots of young people who go to that, that, that screening. But at the same time, I think everyone should want to see the winner of the Palm d'Or. Not everyone needs to like it at the end, but uh, everyone should see it, should see this is what's happening in cinema today. Now, in terms, this brings us well into the official competition. There's the official lineup, and we'd love to hear about the process for choosing what were the picks behind this year's official competition. I think each year it's it's always uh, it's always one of the most exciting parts of making the festival, I think, choosing the films for the official competition. And I really try to find films that are in some way very emotional or very audacious or it's moving the art form forward. And uh, it went down to the wire this year. The last two films were confirmed just the night before we went to to print, actually. So it was really close. Um, but I'm, I'm really delighted with what we have. We have four films straight from Cannes in the official competition. We have the Golden Bear winner. We have uh, a, a number of films from around the world that I, I think are, have made a big impact in cinema this year. And uh, yeah, I think uh, people who watch those 12 films are going to see really what's going on in the world of cinema and and discover some very exciting new talents. Yeah, talking of the con picks, there are 12 late editions, which meant I had to buy a whole new flexi pass to accommodate 12 films. That's so great. That's what that's entirely what we yeah. I could fit in 10 out of the 12, uh, which was great. Uh, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time where I had to actually buy a whole new flexi pass to accommodate all the late editions. So can you talk through all the 12 films that are there and how exciting and different they are. And I, I really thought That's they were- a big ask you are, you're asking. Quite a, right I mean, right I mean it, they were quite a different selection of films that I was expecting. Something like Joyland, for example, which I wasn't expecting that you'd pick, but it was an exciting pick to see that as a late edition, for example. Why were you not expecting me to pick Joyland? No, because it's it's something that I did not, did not think that there was audience at Sydney Film Festival for that. But I'm very happy that you did. So I'm, I'm really excited that you did pick it. Oh, and I really hope there's an audience. I really hope there's an audience for the film because it's yeah. uh, because it's it's an incredible film. Um, yeah. I, I think a really striking film. There's so few for, so few films from Pakistan uh, that ever emerge at film festivals. I think I've been working at film festivals for more than twenty years, and maybe I've shown three films from Pakistan before this one. Um, and uh, I think it's 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 something completely fresh. It's beautifully made. It's very daring wonderful performances um, and, and really something special. So um, it's a film I'm really very excited to present at the festival. Uh, of course, Triangle of Sadness is, is a highlight uh, really in Cannes. I was at the very first screening and it, there were people just screaming with laughter. It was just a, a wonderful return to this communal experience of people seeing this wild, ambitious film with no restraint. Um, and I think that's that's really really a tremendous film. I think all of the films we've added, we've added for for very good reason. They're all really fantastic films, whether it's uh, Claire Denis' uh, Stars at Noon or um, the new film by Ali Abbasi, uh, who made uh, Border. His his new film um, is, is quite tremendous, Holy Spider, uh, set in the Iranian city of Mashhad and is a serial killer thriller. 
uh, Tarek Saleh's film, Boy From Heaven. Uh, we showed the Nile Hilton incident, I think, in 2017. And this is his follow-up. Um, again, uh, an incredible thriller set in set in a, a religious university in, in Cairo. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's brilliantly done. Um, elsewhere, we have uh, Blue Kaftan, um, which I, I think is a lovely film from, from Morocco. A Mediterranean Fever from from Palestine, um, a Palestinian filmmaker, Maha Hajj is uh, uh, is is delightful and uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with what we what we got. It, again, it went right down to the wire. I mean, these films were. It was, it was very of, interesting. I think picking Broca as a uh, closing night ceremony film. It's a bit of a yeah, different cut from what we uh, usually see there. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Koreeda Hirokazu, and I love his films. And uh, Broca, again, it went down to the last moment. I, I took a bit of a gamble and left the closing slot open. Um, and then you've got to then find something for that closing slot. And, and it, each each day, as each day passes, it becomes more and more terrifying. Um, but Broca was one, was a film that I thought I would really love to have at the festival. And... I I saw it quite late in Cannes. It, it screened quite late in the festival, and uh, I'm delighted we managed to to get it. Like I managed to see it, and then we got it over the line uh, to be the closing film, just mm-hmm. in the nick of time. Very keen broker and oh, a boy from heaven or two. When I saw the late editions, I'm absolutely fitting these into my schedule, mm-hmm. and also just. Um, Circling back for a moment to the official competition, I'd love to zero in on a few of the key picks. Um, Among my favourites that I've locked in tickets for, Godland, a film from Iceland that I'm very keen to see. I note that it has a few sessions throughout the festival, but also The Quiet Girl, a film that has done very well in Ireland and has been very well lauded and screens for the first time later in the run. I was hoping if you could tell us a little bit about these picks or perhaps some other of your notable favourites from the official competition. Well, I don't have favorites in the official competition because it's the official competition. Uh, but I will speak about any film that you would like me to. And Godland is quite extraordinary um, about a, a Danish clergyman who decides to to take this epic trip to Iceland, uh, which is sort of an unknown territory in a way. And it's a film about morality, about religion, about ethics, and, and shot in an incredible way. And you you see, as you watch the film, you have to imagine that the making of the film is as perilous as the journey it depicts. Um, and I think it was an incredibly difficult shoot. And the result is quite stunning. It's a staggering film and one to see on the big screen. Absolutely. The Quiet Girl, is, it's, it's quite interesting because the film played in the generation section in Berlin. And that's a, that's a section aimed at, at young people. And I didn't really know much about the film at all. Um, when someone said, did you see The Quiet Girl in Berlin? I said, no, it wasn't in Berlin. Um, because I don't typically look at the, the children's films in, in Berlin. And then I, I saw the film and I think it's just magnificent. It is so moving. It's so beautifully made. Um, it's a film with not a great deal of dialogue, but every moment is just filled with, with emotion and uh uh, at, by the end of the film, it's uh, it's truly devastating, uh, but very beautiful too. It's about it's about a, a young girl just finally discovering love. Um, her her family, it's a big family. Her parents are distracted and and neglectful, um, and she's sent off for the summer to live with some relatives. And uh, for the first time, she she discovers this tenderness 
uh, is possible. And uh, yeah, it's it's truly beautiful. Uh, just going away towards documentaries for a second. Uh, I saw All That Breeds back in Sundance. And I'm so glad that it's been picked here because I think it's become quite of an audience favorite back from Sundance. And now even a showing in Cannes and now I think it's here in Sydney. So uh, could you talk a bit about that film? Because I think that's one of my early favorites. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of the great films of the year. It's, it's one of the, certainly one of the great documentaries of the year um, about two brothers in in New Delhi who uh, who who are Muslim, and that's that's quite important in the film um, because it also tracks the political situation in India at the moment. Uh, but who've dedicated their lives to saving birds, these black kites of Delhi, um, and they're not professionals. They they run a run a business, but have really dedicated their lives to to saving these birds and it's a uh, it's a very poetic film it's it's very beautifully made um there's a lovely narration and uh, these are two quite quite incredible people featured in the film and one of the brothers will join us at the, at the festival for for the screening so that's that's great yes, uh, and i just wanted to touch upon uh, retrospectives as well i think two very different filmmakers this time around but uh oddly complementary as well in terms of uh, them being masters of their own art Ray and Wiseman. Uh, what was the choice in picking those two side by side as a retrospective decision? Well, they weren't quite picked side by side. Wiseman, we've been trying to do for some years now. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then the pandemic uh, created some some difficulties there. And uh, Ray, we always wanted to do for the hundredth anniversary of his of his birth, um, and planned that for a while. So it's great that they're they're together, but that was never the the original intention. Um, But I, yeah, I think just a a wonderful opportunity to see, see the films of, of both these masters. Uh, Wiseman still well into his nineties, still making films and uh, someone who really looks at institutions and, and I think reveals so much about, of, of not just institutions, but, but humanity. And, and, Ray, I think one of the great masters of cinema who changed not only Indian cinema, but all cinema. Um, and uh, I think it's my great regret um, that I won't be able to watch those 10 films uh, during the festival because it's the one thing I'd really love to do to be able to watch those 10 Ray films uh, in a cinema. And the Nazi restoration, if I'm correct, right? Uh, the new restored is the restorations of the films that Criterion has done? Yes. Or is it- they're, they're restorations done by various people, uh, yeah. various institutions. Um, some are screening on 35 millimeters, some are screening on DCP. And uh, uh, in our program guide and on the website, you'll see the details of the restorations. But uh, yeah. they all look fantastic and it's going to be a great series. Chris, I think you had a favorite film of yours uh, from Masaki Yuasa, uh, Inuo. Masaki Yuasa, yeah. Yes. And, and that he's coming to the festival. Yeah. Uh, you had him, well, you didn't have him, right? But you had Mind Game here before my time of coming to SFF, I think in 2005, probably before your time even? Before wow. my time even, yes. Yeah, great. Yeah. No, um, the film's the film's amazing. It's it's really co- totally surprising. Yeah. Uh, this rock musical set in medieval Japan. It's uh, It's astonishing. Yeah, and Yuasa is an incredible director with um, a lot of style, a lot of vision, um, something unique. And uh, yeah, this got great reviews out of Venice, and it sounds like you were impressed by it too. I'm yeah, it's one of the films I'm most keen for. Excellent. Um, I'm also really curious to finally see I Had Knee. I was quite taken by Synonyms, a very yeah. intriguing, strange film, and I've heard yeah. it maybe better. Um, 
look, I think uh, Nadav Lapid is is just a tremendous filmmaker. Someone doing something that's very distinctive. Uh, it's not easy. His films are not easy at all. They're, mm. they're sometimes quite difficult to watch. They're, they're abrasive. Um, but he's doing something, I think, truly daring. And uh, in Ahed's knee, um, I think the film is is really great. Um, it, it looks at at the issue of of that artist's face in in many countries and and government censorship, and it's it's this howl of rage, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, again, not easy to watch, but I think if you get into its wavelength, it's a really important film, and you'll be taken by it. Mm. I think yeah, that that was the common theme that I looked at the program when I checked that you know filmmakers are tackling contemporary issues in very interesting ways, and I think. In some ways, they're quite head-on as well. Like something like Navalny is quite obviously tackling a very obvious issue with Putin's uh, regime and everything else. But also, filmmakers are finding new ways and probably more subtle ways of dealing with the political regimes of their own countries. It was an interesting balance between the two, I think, where art is currently. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think in many places, the space for free expression of artists is under threat um, and not just in obvious places let's say and uh and i think that's that's quite important that filmmakers reflect on that and that we're aware of that and on different spaces and places we might not see films conventionally you mentioned earlier that we you've only programmed have been able to program a few films from say pakistan and i'm curious this year are there countries that may be represented in the program that either have been represented before or that have more of a representation than previous years, or if there's films of different national backgrounds that we could seek out where we couldn't otherwise um, seek it out here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, there's a film from Sudan, for instance. You don't see many films from, from Sudan. Um, there, there are a number of films from countries where we don't usually see films from. Um, but overall, I'd say we're we're... You know, we have representation of, of the majority of countries that are usually well represented at the festival. Um, one of which uh, we ha- I don't think we've actually touched on yet is Australian cinema. There's a number of Australian films. I'm curious about the Australian selections. And in particular, my first film of the festival is going to be Sissy later tonight. Um, I met Hannah and Kane when they were just wrapping production on this and I know shortly going to the States. And so I've been curious about this project quite a while. I'm very keen to see it. And I was wondering if you could tell us um, a little bit about this and why it was programmed. Yeah, it's, it's a really bold film. It's, it's very funny. It's very gory. Uh, I think it's a film that, you know, it looks at this, the age of the influencer um, and, and goes quite far. Um, I think people will laugh, will be shocked by it. It's, uh, it's, it's really, I think, an incredible first feature film and uh, wonderful that it's been lauded since its uh, time at South by Southwest. I think um, it's sold so well for the festival already and I think there's going to be uh, great screenings of the film. You'll enjoy it. I'm very keen. And other Australian films, there's a few. There's a strong feature that's part of the op- official opening night, but there's a number, including an, one I noted was in Inner West India. I was curious about. I've lived in the Inner West my adult life, and uh, I saw here something very local. And um, I'm just curious about some of the other Australian films that are screening at the festival. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a great uh, range of Australian films we have this year, uh, from Elvis to really very independent films like Evicted um, or The Long Weekend. 
Um, we have two Australian films in the competition, of course, Blaze and by Del Catherine Barton, which is an astonishing debut. Goran Stolevsky's first film, You Won't Be Alone, again, an astonishing debut. Um, so I, I think because, you know, on the evidence of what we have in the festival, Australian cinema is doing quite well on a range of levels from, from really huge blockbuster level to, to very independent films. Now, we've picked your brain about the our likes and whatever we're looking for. Uh, any that we haven't mentioned that you particularly want to call out from the program that have stood out for you? Yeah, I, th- I think all the films in the official competition are definitely worth seeing. Um, there's such a range of them. We have many of, of many of the filmmakers here with us during the festival, so I'd urge everyone to, to look at those 12 films. Um, Triangle of Sadness, of course, I, I guess I don't need to plug Triangle of Sadness, but it really is... Uh, Selling fast uh, already. Yeah, it really is a special experience. Triangle of Sadness, but a funny film. So just yes. telling our viewers that it's a yes. funny film, it's not a sad film. It's, it's not funny. a sad film at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it is mad and wonderful. Um, I I think a film, some of our other late editions, Will of the Wisp by uh, João Pedro Rodriguez, it's just 67 minutes long and it is a wild ride. I love the ornithologist when I saw it last. I think I love that film. And and this is this is absolutely great too. A okay. cool. eco-queer musical involving firemen <laughs> and uh, princes. It's wild and wonderful. Fantastic. And- and two film. I'm I'm curious about two films that I'm seeing coming up right off right after Sissy. Um, one is I always try to see a Turkish film in the festival. I'm always impressed that the great Turkish cinema that's screen, screening an Anatolian Leopard is one with a great premise that I'm quite keen to catch. I was curious about that one. But also last year during the online festival, we covered a film called Freshman Year, which we all absolutely loved. And we note that Cooper Rafe has his latest second feature, his sophomore feature, if you will. Um, Chacha Real Smooth, also premiere at the festival. And I was curious to hear a little bit about these films. Well, firstly, on the Turkish cinema question, I think you really should watch all three Turkish films we have at the festival. Um, aside from Anatolian Leopard, you should certainly watch Commitment Hassan, which I think is just remarkable. And in the competition, we're screening Burning Days by Emin Alpa, which uh, comes to us straight from Cannes. A very intense political thriller that's, uh, I, I think it's, again, truly something quite special um anatolian leopard is is a wonderful film um and cha-cha real smooth is really funny it's really romantic uh beautifully performed i think dakota johnson's amazing in it um, as is cooper rafe and uh, we're all big fans of uh, freshman year the debut from cooper rafe actually yeah and i think i think this is a, a leap forward for him i think yeah it looks like it. On, a, on on immediately a much bigger scale with a big right. cast yeah um, he, we came away from from that one saying this guy is going to have a big career clearly and it seems like already he's quite uh, quickly yeah promise yeah yeah Yeah, i think uh that's kind of everything we had in terms of questions but uh where do we go to find tickets uh how are we going to get all these films which are selling fast or sold out already (laughs) how do we we coerce people to give us tickets or blackmail people or you know uh what can you go to you know, you know me, so you don't have to coerce. <laughs> but um, tickets are available on our website, sff.org.au. Um, our late editions are, are now announced, so that's the full program, I think. Uh, <laughs> is there is there any hope for late, late, late editions? I think. Late. 
Is there still a chance? I think the team would uh, would kill me if I yeah. tried. So um, we don't think I can fit any more late late editions. Yeah, I think this is it. The program is done, and um, yeah, I think it's it's filled with with so many delightful things. And I hope people come out and join us in the cinemas again um, and watch these newest best films from from around the world. I, I wanted to point out something that with all these late editions from from Cannes, in in the majority of those cases, it's the first time in the world that someone can buy a ticket and watch those films. Yeah. Cannes is not uh, a public festival. It's a, it's a festival for, for professionals. So it, it's the first time that someone, for many, many of these films, can actually just buy a ticket and see them. So I think that's quite exciting, and uh, I hope people take that opportunity. Yeah, and, and those films... I appreciate you honestly. bringing it to us. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... Uh, it, it doesn't go without saying, but I want to repeat it as well. I think every year the festival is the time where all of us kind of find our life source, at least uh, the film people, the film community of the little people that we are. And I think, uh, thank you so much for bringing yeah. some joy in our lives. It supplies oh, oh, a lot of joy, right? Yes, it is, it, is, it is a time of joy. It gives actually. us, it's so cold. We can run around between cinemas and see friends and see people we haven't seen in a while. It's it's generally, we all generally keep spending the next it's few de- calling, 12 days exercising this. Around running in the rain for my next session yeah. well, in the Sydney Festival Q Madness. It's probably like my annual pilgrimage thing. We're so, all yeah, dedicating on ourselves to art, which is important, and it's rare these days, while the festival is on, and we're sharing that experience with other people for whom that makes happy. So, you know, thanks for giving us that opportunity once again. Oh, no, it's a great pleasure. Thank yeah. you for your support of the festival and for being with us at so many screenings. And. I just have one last question because we haven't covered it. It's just we talked about um, the films we're seeing, but where can we see them? The you're screening at a lot of beautiful cinemas throughout Sydney, and I know I'm running around the city quite a bit, which we're looking forward to. But where physically are we going this year? Well, uh, it's it's very similar to previous years. We'll of course use the State Theatre, our home, um, the most magnificent State Theatre, uh, event cinemas in George Street, Dandy Newtown, Palace Central, the uh, Hayden Cremorne Orpheum, the Radwick Ritz, um, Dendi Newtown, did I mention Dendi Newtown? And uh, Kasula Powerhouse, the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Uh, I think that's it. But you'll find all the venue details uh, on our website, sff.org.au. Nice. Um, Shane, we're looking forward to seeing you at the hub and being at the hub and going to the festival and and, and just talking to friends about what they loved and we'll then picking new films all. during the week. We're looking forward to it all. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much. We will see you for the festival run and best of luck for opening night tonight. Thanks so much. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.